you're listening to the SBP Podcast Mobile Filmmaking, episode 138, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. Wow, it's unbelievable that we're already in December. We're about to hit 2023. Sideways, horizontal, vertical, upside down, right side up, every which way you can. <laughs> uh, I want to wish you a very happy holiday to all our friends, our listeners, our guests, everyone who's here listening. I just want to wish you the very best of the holiday season. And also may as well uh, wish you a happy new year. I hope you've got a lot of creativity planned and you're already rolling with it. Uh, and speaking of rolling with it, let's go and talk to Alex. Alex made a short film. It's about 20 minutes or so long. It's a crazy little story that I think you're you're going to be really entertained by. You're going to be entertained by his stories. You're going to be inspired by his stories. But also we're including a link to his film down below in the notes. So watch the movie. Listen to Alex. Listen to how he made the film. And he's got some really good inspiring advice for you and some tips that you'll want to hear. And one more thing, he also shares his contact information so that you can get in touch with him. He wants to hear from you. So if you guys are ready, let's get rolling. Let's talk to Alex. Hey, Alex, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic because you are my guest, and we're going to share some really inspiring stories about this film that you made, The Countdown, uh, with all our listeners who are basically all over the USA and around the world. How do you feel about that? That's very exciting. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Uh, all right, let us uh, let me share a little bit. Um, about the little bit that I know about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do know, and I want to share with everyone, that the reason why I've invited Alex to come on the show is because he made a film with a smartphone. Not a big surprise for you guys, but it's, uh, it's what is it? It's like 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah tw uh, 22 even, yeah. 22, 2022, all right. Yeah. So it's a 22-minute uh, film. The film is awesome, and the reason I'm saying that, because that's very general, is because he did something that, if you've been listening to this podcast, you already know, um, I'm big on the story. I'm big on the storytelling, and, you know, it doesn't matter what you're shooting your film with, as long as you got a great story and you're able to turn that into a film, of course it doesn't matter. But I like to point those things out because I want you to be inspired by them. So, Alex, why don't you share with everyone first just a little bit about your film, and then I want you to share a little bit about yourself and how you got into filmmaking in the first place. Sure, yeah. Uh, so the film specifically was, you know, it started as just an idea of, uh, you know, it, it, it really evolved a lot. It didn't start out as it ended up as a lot of ideas go. 
Um, but my, my thought was just to make something about five minutes long, <laughs> as we said, we clearly did not cut <laughs> it. But the idea was to shoot something that I knew because I don't have, I mean, to say that I had a skeleton crew would be generous. It was pretty much me and a tripod. Uh, over, over half of the film was shot on a tripod at just getting creative with angles by myself. Uh, so that's start number one is there. I knew I needed to do something simple. Um, but as far as the story goes, um, I thought it would be neat um, to have something that was obviously around social media. For anyone that's seen the trailer, um, it, it definitely involves social media accidentally. My character accidentally stumbles into social media fame. And it's not something that I was wanting and, and the reason for it is actually quite a negative reason. Um, you know, in, in the trailer, this isn't giving any spoilers away, but my character gets a kind of a creepy phone call. Um, and at first he thinks it's, you know, just a joke, but then, um, you know, the person on the phone has like a voice changer. He doesn't know who it is. And they describe what he's wearing and then, um, gets messages that reveal that this person actually does know where he's at and what he's doing. So then it kind of turns a little bit and, uh, it gets a little more serious as, as it goes on. But then, like I said, uh, he falls into social media fame because he posts his story online. He's just looking for some help. He's a fairly quiet character that keeps to himself, but is kind of desperate. And that's where the story really takes off is as he turns to the online world to see if anybody can help him. And then, of course, no one takes it seriously and says, you know, look for help or call the police. They just it just starts trending for goofy reasons. And um, that was kind of the idea behind it is a little bit of, I wanted to almost like shine a mirror on um, social media influencers and how like my character changes as the story goes on. And he starts telling people to subscribe and, you know, the classic line at the end of a YouTube video, <laughs> you know, make sure to subscribe and hit that bell for notifications. It's just like the, he just falls into this routine and, and uh, is, definitely influenced by by the online fame oh uh, you know i have to tell you uh one of the things that i really enjoyed uh when i was watching the film is how it unfolds you know the story unfolds and you see the character unfold as well along with it it's really interesting um now your film when you were saying at the beginning you just wanted to make a five minute film <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i totally get that it's kind of like when you're doing screenwriting right it's like yeah. i just want to and then you just sort of go down this rabbit hole within your own imagination uh creatively yeah. next thing you know you got like 200 pages you're like no this isn't gonna work <laughs> no yeah i tend to do that i i i often sit short goals and go, I can shoot this in a week. And, uh, it never, <laughs> never goes that way. Well, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that's a really good thing. It's, um, that I noticed about your film, which most filmmakers, it takes them a few different films to make before they get to that, that level of experience where that just kind of starts to happen. Um, unless they've studied a lot, and even still, they have to have that experience. So I want to talk a little bit about that, if if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, so what was your background before you made this film? So this was, and it's hard to say specifically, this is my third actual 
movie, short film, I guess is what you say. So I've, I've made vid- what I would call videos in the past, um, but not anything that was storytelling. I wouldn't consider it, you know, I've, I've made videos. I know how to edit a little bit. Um, and that, you know, that was just kind of very casual. But then, um, uh, so a couple of years ago, how I actually got started into wanting to make my own and take them a little more seriously was I was on Twitter. I got into screenwriting uh, a few years ago and was just writing features and just kind of learning the, you know, creative path. And, and one day I reached out to Christopher McQuarrie, which is the, he, his first big movie was he wrote the usual suspects. He was a screenwriter on that back in the early nineties. And then anyway, more, more recently he's done a lot of other movies with Tom Cruise, a Jack Reacher, edge of tomorrow, mission impossible, the top gun Maverick. So he's done a lot of big films. And anyhow, I haven't couple, watched any of those. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, I watched couple, them all. <laughs> yeah. Big, big films. And anyhow, a couple of years ago I had uh, tweeted and he was kind enough to respond. Um, I just had a, a quick question and he said, you know, you can, uh, you see good luck, you know, he's very nice about it, but he said, you can continue writing screenplays and hoping that someone gives you, um, permission to make something, or you can go out there and do it yourself. And, you know, you, I, we talked back and forth briefly, you know, and obviously don't have the money to make anything big. Um, but I thought, well, I guess I can just do something on my own and, and do what I can creatively within my limitations of, you know, funding. Um, so that's kind of what gave me the confidence or, you know, to switch direction and not just write, but go out there and make something. Yeah. And I do have to say that I, I really believe that for anyone else out there that is in a similar position, that it really does help your writing to see actors say your lines and to actually see what you envision in your head on a screen and to edit and to assist with that uh, writing. It, it really does help you a ton because, in my opinion, it helps you see how it will actually happen. You know, because it doesn't always uh, anyone knows it's written anything. It doesn't always go exactly as you've written it onto the screen. So the more you can practice that and get it closer to what it will end up being, it does save you time. And I, I think it ends up with a higher quality, you know, outcome. Because because what you see in your head, right, uh, from your perspective of what you want to see on the screen, right, right, uh, is is something different. It's it's kind of like uh, directing. Uh, I've talked to several actors, you know, here, and I was sharing uh, with at least one of them. I had this experience uh, directing, you know, uh, and as a DP and and things like that. And one of the things is I I've never wanted to be I took drama classes in high school and things like that. But I didn't I never wanted to be in um, in front of a camera. I really don't like that, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) And so. Uh, one of my my colleagues said, "I need you to do me a favor," uh, and he had already <laughs> done plenty of favors on my case, you know. So I thought I owed him, and he says, "Yeah, I want sure. you to play this small role, <laughs> you know. You only have a few lines." And I was like, "Oh man!" So I got to see what it's like to be on the other end, you know, and it was a really good experience to see it from that perspective. You know, and I've said, you know, if you're a director, you should always, always at least once be on the other side and being be directed to, 
uh, for a change yes. and see what the actor is going through. 100%. And it's a, you know, it's similar to business. You know, if you have a manager who's never been the entry level employee, yeah, there's going to be things they miss. There's going to be things they don't get. And it's the same thing in, in any, you know, film production is, is if the director has never been directed, there's going to be certain angles that he's not going to understand or she's not going to understand quite as well. So I, I agree with you 100% on that. It's good to know every different angle and to know, you know, how it all comes together and not just one piece of it. Oh, most definitely. And in, in film production, it's it's a little, um, you know, like, well, you can you. <laughs> it's really hard to find someone that can do the lighting, can do this, can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. At that level, I, I when you said business, it reminded me I used to get stuck in sales jobs all the time. And one of the things that people look up to is the sales director or the sales manager is usually they're in that position because they've made a lot of sales. Otherwise, right. they just don't arrive there. So that's that's something that's that's very obvious. But most definitely in directing, it just helps the director. I, I really totally uh, believe that it helps the director understand that point of view because this is a great segue into something else I wanted to ask you you were directing and you were acting in this film you are the protagonist share yes. share 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 <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> well that, yeah it's hard to know where to start with this and like I said earlier to say skeleton crew is is very generous it, it really was um, and, and this is not to this really is not to toot my own horn, as they say, or brag at all. Um, yes, <laughs> writer, director, actor, editor. I mean, it was it was a solo project um, <laughs> as much as it really could be um, outside of my wonderful friends, family, coworkers, everybody that I knew that was, you know, helped me out as far as the acting in it. Um, but as, as far as putting it together and making it happen, um, it, it was <laughs> quite lonely. Um, yeah, so, so direct, yeah, uh, the other actor that was in it the most other than myself, um, his name's Charlie and he played my uncle, uh, Marcus in the movie and we've worked together on the other, other films I've done and working with him is very natural. So as, as far as your question about directing, we work well together. Um, but yeah, it is. And he knows, he kind of knows me. I'll, I'll kind of have a look when we're acting. He knows, oh yeah, that's not it. Let's do it again. Um, so <laughs> It does help when you work with people you're you're comfortable with. But yes, trying to keep everything straight. And I was the, uh, I guess, script coordinator as well um, in my head. The script supervisor? Supervisor, yes, yeah. Oh, that's hard to do while you're... It's literally me yeah. with the camera on a tripod and having my, you know, my my script on an iPad and glancing at it. To, Wait, did I say that line right? Let me jump back over here and let me see. So it was about as uh, guerrilla filmmaking as, as it could possibly be. Um, so, yeah, that that is. And I know everyone listening has gone through some piece of it that way, you know, has a similar experience um, where it is tough to piece it all together when you're kind of working by yourself. Um and the danger, of- the danger with that is, too, is that not only so I've worked as a script supervisor and that's a must <laughs> because yeah. you don't want to get to the editing room and going, oh, crap, we totally cannot make this scene work with what we what we didn't get. Um, oh, but yeah. Yeah. But and um, <laughs> that that kind of led me to 
um, some some reshoots. You know, some of this was filmed. Yeah. So my movie came out what, five days ago, um, and I was filming my very first shots. I was looking back at footage the other day. My first shots were in uh, early June, <laughs> and oh. then my my recent most recent shots were literally last week. <laughs> so it was. Um, I don't have, and I know a lot of people can relate to this, but I don't have much free time. I know a lot of folks don't. Um, I do have. I have a family. I have a full time job. I have things. I'm not able to take a week off and just film. And I know a right. lot of folks can, you know, relate. And we're all, you know, a lot of people are that are making um, films on their smartphones are kind of in a. A lot of us are in the same boat. So. Yeah. When you have to film, Weekends. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and weekends, uh, and coordinating with, um, a lot of different things going on. I was, I've literally filmed in between work and a meeting for work and I've got 45 minutes and I'm going to film myself. I'm going to set my tripod up. I'm going to get this shot of my car driving by because I need this shot before next Tuesday when I got to get the next, you know, and it's like, I got to wake up 30 minutes early to get this one shot of the sun here before I head out and get dressed for work. And it's literally as, as quick and speedy is the silliest way to make a movie. I don't want to miss this opportunity to talk about how cool it is that you could do that because you had a smartphone as opposed to another camera because you're Very in a true. situation where like, you know what, I'm I'm heading back from lunch or whatever. I can I can kind of I've got a few minutes to shoot this or that. And if you're using another camera, that's not available right there and then, right? No. No, absolutely not. No, and and yeah, to make it all match, I mean, there's no way I could if I had an actual crew um it you would it would require lighting setup it would require uh, an actual cameraman which does not exist in my world um and you know and and sound uh, person as well so no though if i needed all those things i could not get a quick shot and it would not match but thankfully since i did <laughs> everything uh and i'm not going to pretend like this was a a big production you're not going to watch this and get it confused with anything you're going to see at a movie theater. Actually, but. no, I hold on a second. Okay. Uh, hold on a second, because uh, like the living room, the, the dining room stuff that you were doing with your character, the uncle, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I was actually intrigued uh, with the, the lighting on it. And you said you didn't use any lights. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. So the lighting on that. Now, I'm talking about the visuals, right? Sure. Yeah. So you really there's there's no difference um between a lot of the films that that you watch indie films shot with you know uh prosumer you know cameras or maybe a professional camera that someone's not super excellent at right Right. yeah um and so the lighting on that is was good then you have drone footage which always it's one of so in our in our the International Mobile Film Festival, <laughs> um, yeah. to promote that a little bit here. Yes. Uh, we do allow 10% drone footage for aerial shots. And the reason for that is because it brings up the production the production value of your film a lot. Yes. And, so, and that also works for you. Um, I mean, if I must criticize something, it would be <laughs> like, um, you know, so the audio for you was great. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it sounded great. Uh, but the audio for, you know, for your uncle was not so great. Um, but other than, but the levels were good throughout. So it's not like the audio was bad. 
It's just like there was a difference in the quality between your audio and his. Um, but the visuals, I mean, when you guys watch the film, you're going to forget that it was shot with a phone completely. Not only because of the story, but because it, it visually it just looks like any other film. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah, I um, and I, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. I, I did not use <laughs> I, I laugh because. I literally grab my phone. It's what I have in my pocket, and that's literally, literally what I film with. I don't have me for, for – I do not encourage – don't try this at home. You know, I turn <laughs> – for lighting, I turn all the lights on. <laughs> I, I flip all the switches. For sound, it's coming out of the phone, and then I edit a lot. I edit, and I do a lot. And I know, I know there's the, you know, the cliche of we'll fix it in post, but as, when you shoot with a smartphone – Sometimes you are forced to get really into a rabbit hole of audio correcting after yeah. the fact when you don't have proper sound. And you're right. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on the audio, like many, many weeks on the audio. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll just real quickly say that because of my limitation of of time, mm -hmm. I did not shoot all of this and then begin the editing process. As soon as I finished shooting something, if it was for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever I had that day, I would go home and edit. And I'd finish and I'd, oh, I got scene number 13. That's completely done and edited. And then I'd move on to whatever else because um, I tried to save myself time. And and not only that, but that's actually a smart move. You know, the, the, the traditional way of shooting a film where, you know, you've got a, an entire production crew for a couple of weeks, usually three weeks if it's like a, a feature film, right? Um, when you have that, that's one thing. And then you're stuck with pretty much whatever you have. And then you go into editing and to post and you hand it to somebody else, blah, blah, blah. But if you're yeah. going to do it, if, you're, if, if you've got a very a skeleton crew, no matter what camera you have, yeah. and you're able to watch everything that same night and start editing it, that's that's really smart because then you can go back the next day and say, you know, really quick, we need to redo this one shot. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because yeah, I know it can't be fixed. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, a lot of times um, larger productions, they will look at dailies and have a, a rough idea, but a it's lot of not times post. they have to... No, it's not post, and they don't have right. the full the full picture. And obviously, they're too busy. I mean, they don't have the time. They're they're obviously you know filming with an entire crew. They don't have time just to sit down and and right. look at it for a while. And then sometimes they're forced to do reshoots. Where in my case, the whole thing is kind of almost you know shooting and then reshooting. You know, I just kind of base it on when I get home. I, I didn't really. I try not to. You know, obviously, you want to get it the first time, but if there's something I miss, I'm going back, and I know I know I've got what I got get the next time let me ask you something this is going to totally change the subject a little bit sure. now that you've you've shot movies uh what were you using before by the way what camera on uh, other films yeah uh uh well my first one um it's all on the same youtube fisher uh, price no i'm channel. just kidding <laughs> fisher price well they got a they got a new model out no uh it was an <laughs> iphone 11 pro was the okay. first thing I made, so it was another, another smartphone. And then um, my second film, um, do you care if I go a little bit into a quick backstory on the second thing I made? Please, go for it. Um, the second one on, and again, it's all the same YouTube channel, so if anybody that looks on there will see, but the second one I made was called Speechless, 
and it was written as a just a standard storytelling and you know beginning middle and end regular like a narrative film narrative film regular nothing nothing too special and what happened was um we my family and i we suddenly uh moved had a, a quick decision uh we moved states about 10 hours away and about halfway through filming so i had this and it was kind of a quick move we got an offer in our house and just you know it was it was not planned out in advance and so we moved and then i I'm, i find myself with all this footage on my laptop and it's, you know, as, as you know, and everyone listening knows you don't shoot a movie at you know beginning all the way to the end in order, you know, that they actually watch right. the movie. So I had random scenes on my laptop and I didn't know what, to, so it just sat there for about six months. And I was like, gosh, I hate having this on here. I love the movie, but all the actors that were in it were, you know, don't live around here. And I can't shoot anything again. So I completely rewrote the whole script and changed it to a mockumentary, a, a fake documentary. Like it's, like you're looking back at scenes. So I completely read. So that's kind of um, on that one. I started telling this because I had a friend where I lived that we actually did use. He has a Sony a DSLR camera. So yeah. some of the bit is shot on that. And then I finished filming where I moved to on my phone. So it's a little bit of both. Um, nice. But it was that was a complete mess. It was, uh, you know, started as a narrative film and ended up as a uh, fake documentary. And I I ended up throwing it together and I think it worked, but it was uh, quite a process. I, I've actually started cooking things that ended up with that same story. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. <laughs> well, shoot, I thought I had sour cream, but... <laughs> but, no. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story. I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, because, you know, that that is the thing, too. You, you know, don't don't waste the crumbs, right? Right. I, yeah, I didn't want to end. I considered only making a trailer out of it. But I thought that's just not good enough. So um, <laughs> I wanted to have something to show for all that, that work. So this wow. was the, yeah, the little bit different. I actually got to shoot everything with the same device all the way through on, on the countdown, which was a little easier. So what got you started? Cause now did you, were you acting before and then got into filmmaking or or was the filmmaking and then Acting, how did that work for you? That's thanks for asking. Um, you're you're yeah. so look, I I I have to say, you know, uh, for someone who was acting in their own film, uh, I didn't realize that when I first watched it until oh. I saw your photo. I'm like, this is the same guy, <laughs> <laughs> the only guy, because yeah. it's like a professional actor. Oh, that's very nice of you. I don't know that I feel the same way about myself, but that's nice of you to say that. Um, well, that happens I, to all of us. <laughs> right. Well, that's fair. Um, yeah. And, and for anyone wondering, why is this dude in all of his <laughs> movies so much? It's it's out of necessity. It's not because I like looking at myself while editing. It's not because I think I'm a great actor. It's none of those things. It's because I don't have anyone else to do it. <laughs> it's, it's me and it's easy to, to film myself with a tripod and not ask someone else to schedule, you know, a friend to be, to be in it. Cause no, no one in any of my movies, unfortunately are paid. I don't, you know, that's just not where I'm at right now. So, um, everyone that was in it was just literally a friend that was, you know, offered to be in it and it's great. Um, but yeah, as, as back to your question, um, as far as acting, no, um, I'll make this, um, uh, the short version so I don't want to bore everyone listening, but, um, my first idea of it, I've been making silly videos since I was 10, but you know, that's 
different, not actually taking it seriously or trying to tell a story. Um, I, I have always loved movies, you know, watching and whatnot, but so I live, and I don't think I mentioned this, but I live in a small town uh, called Cape Girardeau in Missouri. It's kind of beautiful, by the way, we're going to share a couple of those photos in our article. Oh yeah, do. Yeah, please do. Um, but it's, it's halfway near St. Louis kind of for anybody who's not real familiar with, with the Midwest. But if you Google Cape Girardeau, there's one thing it's known for, and it's not much, um, other than this, but Gone Girl, the film, the 2014 film, David Fincher uh, directed with Ben Affleck, um, was filmed here. Like 80 whatever percent of it was filmed in our little little tiny town. So it was a big deal, and I was in it. I was I was an extra. I got to shoot for a few days uh, with scenes with Ben Affleck and to be side by side with David Fincher. So it was a huge nice. deal, you know. Yeah. And that was in 2013 is when they they filmed it. And that was kind of what really being on an actual set and watching a, you know, as a real production, a Hollywood production was one of the coolest experiences, you know, especially somebody that doesn't live near Hollywood or anywhere that uh, I haven't been able to be a part of anything that big. So that was a big, big change for me. And I thought I wanted to be an actor. I thought I wanted to get into it. And I, I got in touch with a talent agency and um, not a lot happened from it. I thought, well, you know, it sticks with you for a while. And I thought, well, I still I want to do something. And, and, you know, years later, I get it more into writing. And again, that brings me back to I'm only in my stuff because I need somebody to be in it. <laughs> I, and I enjoy it. I do. I enjoy acting with other people. Um, but it's truly out of out of necessity because I I can tell myself what lines to say. And, you know, it, it's uh, it, it works for the time being. That's Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they, they, it's definitely something I, I preach. You know, it's like if you're an actor, don't sit around and wait for somebody to cast you. Cast yourself and make your own films at the same time. You never know what that's going to lead into. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and that experience as well. And speaking of the other actors, too. So the other actors, so everybody's very naturally acting, which also means that as a director... Uh, you did a pretty good job at that as a director and at uh, directing your actors. That takes patience and it takes knowing what, how you want that to, you know, that performance to come out. If I want to put it really blunt, you know, what you want to get out of that. And so it takes a good director to pull that from people, especially from people who are either extras or have never, you know, acted before. And that person, you know, those people feeling comfortable to do that with you, um, there was a there's a part in uh, Alex's film when uh, we, you know because the story again is around social media uh, going viral where people are uh, filming themselves right selfies doing what you see all the time um, <laughs> on social media and they're so natural and I was like you know it made me question this so how did how did that work how did that happen. Exactly as it would if it happened in real life. And and by that, I mean, I texted and some of those people don't live 20 hours away, live all over the, the, the country. And I just said, hey, do you mind to record yourself saying this? And I gave them a couple options and they sent me two or three different recordings and I threw it in. It was it was it was so, so cool, silly uh, as far as how simple it was. I just said, 
I just wrote everybody's lines. Everything was scripted. I said, you don't even have to, you know, I was trying to sell them. You're, you're trying to pitch it. You're like, you know, what, what do you want? You know, some of these people I hadn't talked to in a few months or whatnot. And, and I'll say, Hey, do you mind? Can you do me a favor? Like, yeah, sure. What's up? Um, can you just like <laughs> take your phone out? Can you be yourself? in my movie? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like trying to hint at, can you just say a couple lines for me real quick? And and they're like, what? And I, yeah, it's from a, and I, and I try to tell them what the movie's about and they're like, sure. Okay. And I just said, here, you don't have to make anything up. Just I'll send you, I'll screenshot you the lines and you just say, and yeah, I thought it worked out great. Um, and I, and I hate to just talk about my experience only. I'd love to, if I could help anyone else that's thinking about doing this or already, you know, working on their craft a little bit. If I could share something I, I've really learned that that's helped me is, is when you are working with a skeleton crew, when you are having friends and sometimes unpaid actors in your projects, Something that truly helps is when you're writing, you, you can't always know who's going to play those parts. Um, but if you can write things that match who you're going to cast, and it could be roughly, you know, close, not exactly. But when you can write that's something that's meant for someone that you know is more funny. If you have a friend that's little, comes across funnier than others. If you have a friend who gets more serious and they have a look that you're going for, you know, try to match that up as best as you can, because then you can kind of trick people into thinking it, it you know, it comes off naturally. Um, when in reality, if you had written it, you know, if they're backwards and I sent the funny line to my friend who was not so great at that or a serious line to my goofy friend or, you know, whatnot, <laughs> it, 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 you're going to mess yourself up. So, and, and that may seem, it may seem obvious, but not everyone is able to, <laughs> to get that. And uh, I think it really does help if you try to match it up. Because then you have, you're portraying in your film real living characters that you and I both know for the most part, you know, that you can connect to. And that's important. Yeah. And you're not, yeah, and, and I 100% agree. And, and you're not asking them to act, you know, right. the, the actual act of acting. You're not asking them to do as much when it's something that's closer to their actual personality. So as much as you can with the people that you know and who you can get to be in your project, if you can make it match that, you know, it's going to come off better than if you ask someone to do some extreme, you know, dramatic acting, it's most likely not going to come out as well. Yeah. It's, it's, there's little quirks and things like that that people have. Uh, a lot of times, you know, like I told you in, in, in drama classes and stuff like that, uh, growing up, I moved around a lot. So everywhere I would go to a new school, the best way to fit in or to, jump right in being a, a dork, you know, and be okay <laughs> with it <laughs> was to go to the drama class, you know, yeah. and that's where all the, the dorks were and I fit ready. Right <laughs> um, but the cool thing about that though, is that, you know, uh, or I should say the, the weird thing about that is that when you're thinking about acting, you're always thinking about the lines that you play. Uh, but it's not really about, uh, you, repeating lines in a certain way and showing the emotion. It's about the entire character and our quirky little things that people do. Um, I, one of my friends is a screenwriter and I was sitting in the back of the car and uh, we were, we were going back and forth from a, a film set and she says, what are you doing? What is that sound? And I'm like, Oh, that's just my, th there was a, a zipper on a, on my pants pocket. 
and I had this habit of going back and forth and open, close, open, close the zipper. (laughs) And she was like, oh my God, Susie, I'm just going to write that into one of my characters. I love it. And I, now that you just said that, it reminded me of that. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, yeah, that's absolutely. Those are the kind of things that grounds any story in, in reality a bit. Those little silly quirks. Absolutely. Yeah. So screenwriting, acting, all those things together helped you create the story that not only, I mean, look, there's like the supernatural-ish <laughs> thing going on with it. I don't want to give away. <laughs> sure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. But th- there's one thing that I love is how stories end. And without, look, guys, you got to watch this movie and then you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a very creative ending. It's more creative than when you get to the end, right? You're going to go, oh, that's pretty creative. But (laughs) that's not all of it. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. My goal is to have people scratch their head as much as possible the last 90 seconds. As humanly yeah. possible. I just I just really think that the story on your film, I mean, we wouldn't even be talking right now if the story wasn't yeah. as good as uh, so. Impre- I've watched so many films, you know, and it's come to a point to where, yeah, you shot it on the phone, but, you know, so have a few thousand other people that I could have on the podcast. Um, but it's not so much just about that. And the cool thing, you know, for for everybody that's listening Uh, and thanks for doing that, (laughs) Um, is that it's it's inspirational, you know, to get someone like Alex on the show because you know that the film, once you watch the film, you're going to know, hey, Alex made this film and sounds like a (laughs) normal guy. I'm sure you can relate to some of the things, you know, that Alex has said and it's not like, you know, you're sitting there going, yeah, but I don't have that black magic camera. I don't have the red cam. I don't right. have a DSLR. I don't have that same camera. You know, you don't even have to have an iPhone, you know. Uh, and here you are going, hey, I've also got a smartphone. If Alex can do it, maybe I can do it. Well, cut up the maybe and just do it. You know, because you got to get started. And like Alex said, he made a few films before this and he included his phone with it. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's great advice. And I if I could comment on that. Oh, I I was just going to say you need to add to this. (laughs) Don't leave it all on me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I what I would love to add is that everyone's approach to their because this is clearly, you know, this is my passion. This is my my hobby my project, what I love to do. This, unfortunately, right now is not making, this isn't paying the bills, but it's what I really love to do. And my point is, in my opinion, my approach to storytelling in general is story is king. And I understand that, you know, you watch a Transformers movie, you watch a Marvel movie as great as, and I, I, I like those myself too, but I'm just throwing those examples as those are very, Eye candy, I guess is how you know you put it. Um, but if if the story is not there, as many <laughs> films have found out by their loss, you know, or you know, not doing well box office wise, um, if the story's not there, it, it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter how cool a, a scene looks. And, and I, I'm not trying to hate on any particular films. I'm not going to name any, but we all know films that look cool, but there's no content there. There's, you know, it, there's no depth. And what the point I'm trying to make is that if the story isn't there, it doesn't really matter the other quality. I mean, it may, you know, impress people with certain things. Oh yeah, it looked great. But what I look for myself, that's what I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make stories that I want to see. And I know that there's other people out there that, you know, there's going to be some people that feel the same way and, and are interested in something similar. So for me, I would rather see a story that intrigues me and that actually tells a beginning, middle and end. And if it's a less quality, I'll take it over something that was you know, you can only shoot cool shots of the sun 50 different ways. And if, if, no, if nothing happens, I'm out, you know, and that, that's just me. And again, I'm not, I'm not uh, pointing fingers at anybody. Everyone has their own way of doing it. And I love seeing some of those films. But for me, I, that's why I've struggled so much with making a short, short film. I mean, my short films are the length of a TV episode. So I, I struggle to even call it short. But that's, that's the reason why is I really want to tell a story. It's, it's not just I want to get a cool shot of something is I want a proper storytelling, you know, for when people watch it, I want them to be able to tell their friends, Oh, this happened. Then this happened. And that's what happened at the ending. I don't, I don't want somebody to say, well, I don't really know what happened. It kind of looked cool, but you know, that that's the whole goal for, that's my perspective. And the other thing is too, um, Alex is you want people to feel things while they're watching it. And that's that's the the entertainment value of any story is that they're feeling things, uh, that you're going through uh, the emotions even or the wow, uh, you can feel things. Um, every story is a little different. There are some stories that are so profound that they're just rolling around your head afterwards, and you're not sure because it's connecting with you somehow personally. And you're not sure until you work that out after watching it a few times, yeah. um, you know, and stories with a message, but there's also all of them have to have some sort of uh, entertainment value to it. And that is what keeps people engaged as well. Absolutely. And I, you know, you know, and, and who am I to say, I'm, I'm not, you know, trying to preach to anybody how to do, uh, what they want to do with film. That's just my approach. That's what I'm interested in personally. And I may never make a dime doing this, but it's what I enjoy. And it's, it's, um, it's the best way for me to do it is how I'll put it again. Everyone. I, I love watching other short films. I'm a big fan. If anybody, you know, um, wants to share any short films, I love, you know, seeing what other people are working on in their projects. And I love to support fellow, you know, creatives. Um, like I said, for, for me, this is the only way that I, um, know how to do it. I, it's what I, it's what I love to do. Yeah, this is, but, and again, I want to, I want to discuss a little bit about mobile filmmaking with you. What, what are your thoughts about what's happening in this, in this industry, in this niche? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, the, we were talking earlier that, um, when smartphones first came around, as far as the the version of smartphones we know today, like when iPhone came out in 2007, um, nobody, I mean, nobody would even give a thought to it producing a high quality image. You know, the first ones didn't even have video capabilities. And then, you know, a few years passed and okay, yeah, that's getting two megapixel, four megapixel, you know, it's moving up. Um, but now it's really hard to argue when you see some of the footage that you can get the biggest thing. And I always go back to this. 
the smartphones is you have to have good lighting. The sensors are clearly much smaller than an actual full-size camera because of the size. And I am not speaking from experience. You can see in my movie the lighting. And I took that into account. And I still I don't take anything back. Um, but if you are going to make something and you want the video to be high quality, the biggest thing with smartphones is lighting. You can you can get external mics. You can you know kind of fix everything else. But you've got to have good lighting. If you're shooting outside and it's sunny out, you're going to be just fine. Um, indoors is a different story. If you want it to be the same quality, that's the biggest um I think limitation right now is until the sensors get larger. Um, but I, I think, you know, and Sean Baker, I don't know if you're familiar, you know, I'm yeah. sure you, yeah. Tangerine, I forget exactly what year it came out, but when, when he did that, I think that turned a lot of people's heads and, and started the whole idea of, Oh, you can actually make something legit with a phone. Like and that was a while People really ago. did not believe it until they saw a feature film. Yeah. An entire feature film shot with an iPhone that went to Sundance and blew everybody away. Incredible, yeah, yeah. And, and, and ever you know, since then, you know, there's been some other experiences with some higher end uh, films being made on smartphones. Not a ton, but it does happen. And yeah. you know, I think, and most of my stuff is filmed in uh, Filmic Pro, is the app that I use. Um, there's a couple scenes that I did, um, only a couple shots. There was something specific I was looking for and I did uh, the cinematic mode on iPhone, but you can really get everything and, you know, Filmic Pro or whatever. And again, mine's iPhone. If people have Android users, uh, and, and do other apps, that's, you know, as long as you're using something, you're probably not going to get the same quality out of just the standard photo app. Uh, I would highly recommend using something else that, that can control the lens a little bit more. But yeah, absolutely. I, I just think lighting is the only thing that you really, if you want to produce something higher quality, um, <laughs> not me, but some, you know, other other people, uh, that lighting is the biggest thing with phones. Everything else you can really take care of. There's the uh, it, and it, that also depends on the 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 texture that you want on the aesthetics of your of your film. Uh, the first film that I got at the film festival in 2011 is called The Fixer by Conrad Mess. Uh, if you go to uh, mobilefilmstories.com, uh, you'll see Conrad Mess, uh, his films there. And that film, The Fixer, was shot with an iPhone 4. It was before Filmic Pro and, and anything else came out. Uh, he didn't use the uh, microphone on the phone. It was really, really bad. Uh, but he used external uh, sound, meaning, uh, you know, uh, like from, um, like he actually purchased the voiceover, <laughs> purchased an actor online oh, to okay. read out the dialogue because the guy was thinking the, the dialogue was really going on inside this guy's head. I got you. Okay. Yeah. And when you watch that film, I mean, it's got a little bit of uh, Tarantino type of, okay. uh, you know, the thing that he did, he, again, he shot it when the iPhone 4 came out. He grabbed his wife's phone, said, give me your iPhone 4. <laughs> <laughs> he had been shooting kind of Matrix-style films, you know, um, kind of like the Matrix, you know, with guys in suits fighting and, you know, all this stuff with a camcorder. Uh, this is a guy that grew up in Spain wanting to be a director and dreaming about making films. And so he decided because the iPhone 4 had the first HD, 
uh, capability, he thought he would use it. You're not going to believe the the quality of that film, which still holds up today. We're now really? on the iPhone 13. Uh, <laughs> 14, sorry. Mine's 13, okay. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and what he did was, and this is why creativity rules, you know, uh, maybe the apps... You, maybe you can't get the apps. Maybe, you know, you're going, damn it, you know, I can't use this app or that app or whatever for whatever reason. Look, don't just stop there. Don't get down on it because this is what this guy did. He brought it into Adobe After Effects. He did the rack focus there. He did all the colorizing, you know, all the color grading for his film in in Adobe. He did all the all the special effects with it. Uh, sound effects and he brought that film to be what you call what you expect to see in a theater which is my definition of what cinematic means it's something that you look at you watch any film and you say this is the kind of film that looks like something I'd go to the theater and watch for all its own little reasons and big reasons that's what that means and so I you know yes watch Alex's films and then go watch this one. Uh, he's been sort of a lot of the newer filmmakers don't know who Conrad Mess is. <laughs> you know, I bring him up now. Everybody say who? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry that you don't know. Uh, the legendary. Uh, he's won more iPhone film awards in in that time than anybody else. Wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it it's it's what I'm saying. It's like. As, as much as we can complain about, well, the cameras aren't there, the, you know, small sensors and things like that, go watch what he was doing. He also yeah. did one all CGI with an iPhone 5, I believe, as well. Well, uh, interesting. Yeah. I'd love to check that out, yeah. You know, filmmaking, for the most part, if you really want to do something, you only need first the story, the passion, and you need the tenacity. To, to just get out and just start doing it, making it happen. Don't just settle down. Don't get down on yourself and say, this is, I don't have this. Um, I can't do it yeah. like this. Don't ever say that. I 100% agree that it, I, everything I've done, and, and not that it's all that much, but every project I've done, there's always been a moment, multiple moments where I go, should I just quit? So I just, it'd be so much easier to just pack up and let's just go home, you know? And I don't know how many other people out there feel that way. I know at least some do, but yeah, just don't listen to that voice. Well, and especially in your case, it would have been easier to quit because you don't have, uh, you know, you spent less than a dollar on your budget, right? <laughs> yes. You yeah. didn't owe anybody didn't anything. Any no, it was all stuff I had. And you didn't have any committed you know, crew or actors that are saying, what, after I did all this? Right, yeah. There was no, there's no accountability. There's no, you know, I could have easily quit and just never sent the film out. And all those people that recorded themselves on their phone and just would have forgotten about it. Uh, And for that same reason, (laughs) on the flip side of that, it's like, well, you had to do it all yourself, which is all the more reason to quit too. So, yeah, I, I, I really, you know, I, I applaud you for doing that. And I and it's one of the reasons, like I said, that I wanted to to, you know, share you with our listeners, because 
you know, uh, I think we're at a time now where people are sort of, it's like an influx in a way. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if it's going to cost me this much to make a film with my phone, why wouldn't I want to just spend the money to make it the traditional way? And it's like, well, right. you don't have to make it this way that costs this much on a phone. You can still use a phone and not spend that much. And you need, I, yeah. I just want people to get out of that knot that mess (laughs) yeah you definitely don't you don't have to have a high budget to make a high quality film you know you don't and you do have to get creative i i do think i mean you can absolutely you know it sounds kind of cliche i suppose but i've heard you know quite a few people ask this question is would you rather see spielberg or you know insert whatever high you know profile name make a movie with a smartphone or or watch some random you know amateur filmmaker make something with a like you said like a a high quality um black magic or or something that's uh you know high quality high budget twenty five thousand dollar camera right but but have no experience and have no or not no but uh, a lot less creativity and talent than and someone like that and and clearly the answer is you know, I, I'm sure if Spielberg ever decided to or anyone else or, or you know, um, my favorite is Christopher Nolan. If he had a phone and decided to make a movie, you better believe I would buy a ticket and see it every time. And I don't care, you know, what it was shot on. So I think, I think, have done, I think he's done something. Um, I just can't point to it right now. So I don't want to be like the, the dork <laughs> and have everybody, all my listeners going no, Susie. <laughs> right. Um, but I know that I know for a fact that Steven Spielberg did shoot um, a music video recently. And it was all in one shot. Oh, and oh. he didn't use anything but his iPhone. And he had somebody push him on an office chair to do the, you know. The, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. I feel like so, you must be right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm sure many of them, well, this, this is what I say, right? Because a lot of independent filmmakers, you know, have, have said to me in the past, Susie, why would I want to film something with my phone when I've got, you know, a, my $6,000 camera? And I'm like, I totally get that, but you also have a phone. And when you shoot something with that $6,000 camera that you, you know, you have to pay insurance for, you have to, (laughs) all this stuff. It's not yours anymore. It's not, you're committed to, you know, other people who are going to fund that, but you still have a phone and you have stories that you can share that are totally 100% yours. And one of the things that happened during the pandemic was exactly that, that we started to see a lot more indie filmmakers, right? Absolutely. Uh, using smartphones so and when you're talking about creativity uh guys don't forget jennifer zhang who (laughs) who made a feature film that went to Cannes. um uh her film was called sharon and that film she shot it by herself with uh her iphone and then she turned around and edited she's the only one that's done this alex i'm not kidding you she edited a 73-minute film on the iPhone with an app that wasn't even for film editing. It was like for social media. And what was the reason for, for doing this? Because she just wanted to get it done. 
And she was stuck because of the pandemic. She lived in L.A. We had the shutdowns and all these things. And she had this story and she was like, well, I'll just start shooting it on my phone. And uh, she was the protagonist and she had to (laughs) she had to do stunts and all kinds of stuff. Um, You should watch (laughs) watch that one, too. It's not a mobile film story, though. Uh, but there, yeah, it's, it's about being creative. If you really want to do something, you know, there's no stopping you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing is the only thing. And I, I hate, I hate to put it this way. The only thing I would say that I feel like I've, you know, gotten a little bit of a talent for, or that I've got an understanding, a better understanding of now is story and you know, if, if the quality of the filming, and I have to say, I, I did have a friend help with a few scenes that I needed someone else to actually move the camera. And, and, and Chris, my closest friends, um, you know, was there. A lot of shots were on tripod. He was the, really the only the only uh, bit of, of crew that I had on some of the shots. But my uh, my my point is I have confidence that I can intrigue someone, that I can get someone to go, oh, I'm curious what happens next. That's the only, and, and again, not trying to toot my own horn here, uh, I am not the best actor. I am not the best cinematographer. I'm not, you know, any of that stuff, even with phones or anything else. That's not at all how I feel. I just love it, and I do feel like I have stories to tell that will interest people if they give it a shot. You know, if they give it a chance, they see a, a short film on YouTube, and they think, eh, I don't want to watch. If you give it a shot, I do think a lot of people would enjoy it, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is – I, I just love the storytelling factor. It's it's not so much that I love trying to get the perfect, you know, sunset shot. It's to me, B-roll is is great. And I got some of the drone shots that were in there that a lot of people have <laughs> a lot of people have just commented on this. Like, what do you think of the film? How do you what do you think of the ending? Oh, the drone shots were great. It's sometimes that's <laughs> the only comment I get back. I'm like, well, that's cool, but um, but yeah, that, that's not at all why I do it. I think those you know aesthetics are fantastic. But it's for me, again, this is just me, but it's all about story. That's what that's what gets me up. Hey, you know, you just got complimented on the comments, though, because you know what? It's like when people watch Lord of the Rings. People yeah. watch Lord of the Rings and they're not talking about, you know, a lot of times. What do you think the comments were on that? Oh, I love the scenery. And, you know, when people talk about cinematography, they're just talking about like the mountains and the <laughs> that, fields. Well, yeah. You've got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because see, this is this is another thing, you know, just just to wrap this up. When you make something, don't keep it to yourself, you know, show it to people, you know. And I, I mean, if you're proud of it in any way, shape or form, uh, two things can happen. They'll hate it and you go, well, it looked good to me, but nobody else likes it or mm-hmm. The other thing that can happen is that people see it in a different way than you do. Most likely that's always going to happen no matter which way that happens. And when they see it differently, then you get their perspective. And kind of like, you know, like, you know, Peter Jackson. Oh, people love Lord of the Rings because of the scenic shots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, even though that is it, they have to get to that scenic shot because they were following the story along. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and and I do think that any filmmaker at any level, whether you're a nobody like myself or or you're somebody like Peter Jackson or anywhere in the middle, 
I do think because I'm a I'm a pretty objective person. I try not to get emotional. I, I, I can, like I said, I'm happily willing to admit I'm not the best actor or cinematographer, any of those things. But I do think it's important to remember that film in general, like any creative art, is very, very subjective. I think it's mm-hmm. very important for people not to don't get too down on yourself if you didn't get the shot just right, if you didn't say the dialogue just how you wanted to. I think it's important to remember that some people will appreciate it uh, more than you realize and, and others may not. And and the people that don't, you you got to remember that if you look on IMDb, even The Godfather or even The Dark Knight or whatever, you know, insert any high ranking movie still gets negative reviews. You know, a lot of people hated The Shawshank Redemption when it came out. Don't forget that even some of the best movies ever made still get some negative reviews. So, of course, whatever you make will we'll have people out there that feel that way, but don't let that stop you. Yeah, it's also the timing. There, there are movies right now that are a big hit that people are going, oh, my God, I never even watched this film before because I heard people say so many bad things about it, and those same people are watching it today because of mm-hmm. the things that are connecting with them today, and they're seeing it completely different, and they're loving those same films. So sometimes... Somebody goes on there, they watch your film, maybe they're, they've had a bad day, you know, they, you know they're, they got fired or something. They go to escape and they watch a film and they're going to take it out on you, you know. Yes. So don't, don't take that too, too hot and remember that you're learning every single time. Any famous director will tell you that their last film that grossed a gazillion dollars at the home box office and all that stuff to them, it doesn't mean that it wasn't. There were things in it that they didn't like. They didn't get to do. Film is an art and a science. It's it's both those things together. Yes, it's subjective, but it's also you have to be objective to it because there's some certain rules that you kind of have to follow in sure. the storytelling, of course. But it is very subjective at the same time. That's what the challenge is, and why it's so attractive. If you like a challenge and uh, if you're creative, uh, that's part of creativity is the challenge. That's what motivates you, right? Yes. That's 100% why I partly why I took this movie on. um, And I won't go down long story on this, but real quick, um, I did take it as a challenge to make to make a, a movie that I wanted to make. Obviously, my best. That's the goal. You know, with every next project, try to get better than the last. And I, I didn't want I didn't even search to try to rent a high end camera. I wanted to make this on a smartphone and I took it as a challenge to try to make the highest quality thing that I could make with not spending a dime. Like that was kind of, the you know, my internal um, goal was not to spend any money, only only make do with what I already owned. And this is, you know, what I came out with. Well, and now you're in the podcast and next is, I don't know, Saturday Night Live or something. I don't know. this definitely has nothing to do with what what i was trying to get out but you know what i mean uh cnn or something i don't know sure Uh, (laughs) hey um alex what is your your handle for um twitter twitter is a read the writer my last name is r-e-i-d so it's a r-e-i-d the writer okay cool and then on youtube it's the same handle. Uh, I know YouTube recently added it to where you can have a, a handle now, um, yeah. and it's the same thing. A read the writer, and 
it's the channel is just called Alex Reed. That's the, the title, but the handle is A Reed the Writer. Awesome. Well, guys, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can watch it right off the bat. So as soon as you hear that little song, you know which song I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so, uh, hey, Alex, I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, everybody get in touch with Alex. He just told you he'll watch your films. He'll watch them all. More I than will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so busy with the film festival right now. I get a lot of people going, watch my film, watch my film. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I love you all. <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can. I get no sleep. Uh, <laughs> I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Alex will watch him too. And you've got a, uh, an awesome storytelling guru here uh, who will watch your films. But more than anything, you know, ask him questions. And who knows, maybe you guys can collaborate on a project together as well. And I am I am not at all thinking highly of myself. But if there's anything I can do to help fellow, you know, short film creatives out there, I love to help. So whatever I can do. I thank you yeah. so much for having me on the show. Hey, let me, let me ask you to do one more little thing, something we yeah. always do. Like in your film, right? In your yeah. film, you have this little thing that you do. Uh, what is that thing that you do when you're ending on the YouTube? <laughs> Jack 2.0, out. <laughs> All right. So say goodbye to our listeners. All right. Jack 2.0, out.